With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL is down to its Elite Eight, and the coaching carousel is spinning out of control. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Rip to the Eagles season, Michael. And I know Philly fans are always kind of known for being angry, but what was like local sports radio like driving into the office today? Oh, my God, Stormy, you just don't want to listen to it. I mean, last night, thankfully, the game was over so late, but I can only imagine today. Wawa, people are grumpy. Nobody, you know, everybody's not wearing their Eagle gear. They're demanding for a coaching change. You know, it's it's classic. As the, as Thomas Gable said yesterday, they're going to the window to bet their Eagles and lay the three points. Meanwhile, they want their coach fired. Yeah. Look, it's a passionate fan base. I'm not going to deny it. It's sometimes irrational. I'm not going to deny that either. And look, the performance that that team put out there yesterday, there's obviously a lot wrong, right? I mean, they've given up 31 points over their six losses. They've given up. They've only scored 16 points in those games. Nothing's gotten better. They can't tackle anybody. They Mm. can't really block a blitz whatsoever. I mean, there's a lot of problems more than just, okay, let's do this and everything's going to be okay. You know, that's not true. So I I think ultimately, you know, there's a lot of discussions that have to go on. I find it hard to believe that Jeffrey Lurie would fire Seriani after taking him to the Super Bowl last year and then back to a wild card game. However, I don't know the extent of the problems. And if there's deep-rooted problems within that locker room in terms of the coach to the players, then then that'll tell us everything we need to know. I mean, Laurie's not an irrational man. He thinks things through very clearly. But if he doesn't think it's going in the right direction, where will it be next year? What could happen the year after? Then I think he makes a move. And so that is the thing. Like, I agree with you. I I don't foresee Nick Sirianni being fired just because like they are literally a year removed from going toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes for a Super Bowl and very easily could have been on the other side of winning that game. They started this season 10 and 1, which seemed like even despite some of the other issues, okay, we're still living up to expectations. This has been an epic collapse down the stretch. They lose 6 of their last 7 games mm-hmm. and in the loss last night to the Eagles, final sc- um, to the Bucks, the final score 32 to 9, second largest playoff loss in franchise history. It felt Cowboys-esque to what we saw on Sunday, but different in the sense that like the Cowboys got out coached and outplayed, but the Eagles looked like they quit. 
and they looked like they've quit the last ha- handful of weeks of the season. And so that's why I wonder what those deeper rooted issues might be. And are, are we going to get an article from Sal Paulo Antonio coming out in a couple months that's kind of laying out what might have happened behind the scenes? I don't know, but something feels fundamentally wrong. Well, Sal was on TV this morning here in Philadelphia talking about changes are coming. Now, he didn't specifically say. He, he quantified it by saying offense and defensive coordinator at a minimum. I don't know what else, yeah. but I do know that he's probably right about that. The article that you're citing came out Monday, which was shocking. ESPN wrote an article that basically talked about the dysfunction going on within the organization. That's usually an article that's written after the season. Mm -hmm. But this article was written the day of a game, which tells you all you need to know. Now, everybody has to understand these narratives just don't happen. Like these are these are narratives that are being created to to allow a move to be made. Right. It's the same thing. You know, we're going to read narratives from what happened in New England. We're going to read narratives to what's going to happen in Dallas and all those places. And Who's leaking that is that's their narrative, whomever that may be. So, look, I think let's go to football and betting. The Eagles have not made anybody money in the betting market. I think they're 0-8 against the spread over the last eight weeks. They haven't been able to get Jalen Hurts to match the contract anywhere near where he was. He's taken a giant step backward. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to say, well, he doesn't have Shane Steichen. Well, You know, he's not making people miss in the open field down from 17% to 4%. He's not throwing the ball down the field 8.0 to 7.2. The offense is really cannot block a blitz. No chance to block a blitz. Overload pressure, you know, five-man pressures, drop, no chance. I mean, they they get destroyed in that area. And so it's players, coaches, and scheme. And Jeffrey Lurie has a tough call ahead of him because he's got to figure that out. Sure. And I mean, you even look at the comments from Lane Johnson after the game talking to Howard Eskin, who we had on the show yesterday, said, I'm just sitting and watching. I really don't know what's going to happen. It's very frustrating. You see what this team was and you see how the team ended and that slide we had. There was no stopping. It's very frustrated frustrating it's a wild business we're in nobody's safe we'll see what happens so that's like his reaction immediately following the game saying nobody's safe we'll see how this thing plays out last night they were never in rhythm they had no plan for the blitz as you referenced 0 for 11 on third or on third or fourth down throughout the course of the game and with with Jalen Hurts we talked about it a little bit too here on the program yesterday he's been dinged up in some way, shape, or form, whether it's the knee or whether it's the finger, the back half of the year. So I don't know how much that might have to do with his struggles, but he has been been nowhere near the same guy that we saw, especially in that Super Bowl last year. No, nowhere near it. And their offense has been nowhere near it. Now, we said this this offseason. People were going to study that offense. People were going to take a look at it. And people were going to shut some things down. And what was going to be their reaction to it? But look, I I think it was really clear from the start of the game. The score wasn't even indicative of how bad the game was. I mean, if if the if the Bucks catch a couple passes, you know, it's it's over at halftime. I mean, Mike Evans is is one of those guys that he looks uncoverable, but then he looks like he's a kind of a big receiver who can't catch. Like that touchdown pass he dropped. I mean, it could have been over. It could have been ugly. Oh, he had a couple. Oh, my God, the tight end dropped a pass in the end zone? Okay. Look, here's the reality that it's happening is they, the Bucks, which couldn't score against the Carolina Panthers, okay? Yeah. The Carolina Panthers, <laughs> they scored three field goals. 
They moved the ball up and down the field. Baker Mayfield turned into Bart Starr again. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Everybody on the broadcast is talking about, well, you know, Baker's going to get a huge raise. Okay, good luck. See how that goes. What I found fascinating is the Eagles have great coaching. The Eagles have great talent. The Eagles have a great team. Then why are they so bad? Like, what is going on here? And I think nobody really knows the answer. The scheme offensively is a problem. There's no question. They can't block a blitz. That, that's, that's indisputable. And Bowles told you from the very first play he was coming after Hurts. Hurts had nowhere to go with the ball. Second, they have no patience to run the ball. And third, they can't tackle. Their fundamentals are so bad. For all that talk about taking the Georgia defensive players that we listen to, the ad nauseum, we didn't even hear Carter's name last night. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't get anything out of their front. Nobody mentioned it last night. Like, their whole success last season was 70 sacks, 60 of them come from the defensive line, and they couldn't get any pressure from the line. They got a couple sacks, but Mayfield had time to make every throw. Yeah, it, it was a huge fall from grace. They they made Mayfield do something that a Bucks franchise a Bucks quarterback has never done in franchise history, and that's throw for 300 yards and have three touchdowns. And that's with Tom Brady being your quarterback the last three years. So the Bucks offense even gained 178 yards in the first quarter alone. And you're just like, what is happening right now? You talk about May- Mayfield's contract, by the way. Good for him in terms of the incentives that he's made this year because they made the playoffs, so he oh got that God, million. Yeah. He gets another 250k bonus for winning a playoff game. Uh, and in terms of the guys that are making plays, it wasn't just getting the ball out to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin either. It's Kate Otten who has career highs in receptions and receiving yards. David Moore, Trey Palmer, all of them had an explosive play of 20 yards or more in this game. They made that secondary look old, slow, and unathletic, like time in and time out throughout the course of that game. No question. And, and look, I said it last year that I didn't think their secondary was very good. When they signed Bradbury, he's not a man-to-man player. Like I, and, but yet they got away with it because they could rush. They could rush. Slay's on the downside of his career. I mean, we didn't even hear Shaq Leonard's name. How yeah. much did we have to listen to how great they were going to be with Shaq Leonard? What did I say? If, Sha- if they're getting rid of Shaq Leonard, who's on a guaranteed contract, what does that tell you all you need to know? You're not watching the tape. Like, they're just adding veterans to their team that aren't really good players. That's a fact. We saw it last night on the field. And so they're going to have to take a re- – you know, they're on, they were on that program. We're close. We're close. We're close. All we need is, you know, just get us there. We're close. And what's happened to them is they're an older team. They've, they've been going through this. The Super Bowl hangover is real. Yeah. You go to it. It's hard. And I think it's and it's come to them now. They can regenerate themselves and regroup. They're going to make the decision whether they think Sirianni's the guy to do that. Yeah, and um, by the way, just a little preview for hour two here on the program. You can expect Nick Sirianni will be stepping into the old office a little bit later yeah, on today. But again, I saw that. Yeah, a thirty-two to we'll nine have a nice final. Chair for him. Yeah. Oh, I, I bet no you will. No popcorn for him though. No not, popcorn, Stormy. No popcorn. <laughs> I was gonna say not a particularly comfortable chair, I'm sure. But Michael, I, I was happy because we talked at the end of the program about um, my money line bucks bet, and that I thought you were gonna talk me out of it, but you were giving me a lot of reasons as to why it could hit, and then. I didn't expect it to be anything like this type of a game, but my bet slip felt pretty positive at the end of the night. I'll say that. We're we're on a roll, girl. I mean, we're (laughs) on a roll. You won, you know, we won that over. We won that. Did we won the uh, uh, over totals on on Sunday? You know, I mean, I had uh, in my Russo contest, I was five out of six. The only one I lost was the Bill Steelers under, which I thought was going to be in bad weather. So 
I'm pretty happy. Yeah, we're having a good week. Hopefully we can keep it rolling into the divisional round, which, by the way, where things sit right now, the Bucks open as a six-point oh underdog in Detroit, total 48 and a half. Does that have overwritten all over it? It does, but it was 20 to six when they played the first time down there. You know, now, look, the Bucs were not as healthy defensively as they are now. And, you know, that was a closer game. Mayfield's playing better than he did now. I think this line's a little too long. I, I mean, I know I love Detroit, yeah. but Detroit, you go back and watch the tape of the Detroit game. I'm saying this, McVay's kicking himself. He, those red zone opportunities that he had, he lost the game. He wins that game. I, I'm not sure the Lions... It's a great story, and I'm happy for the city of Detroit. I'm not sure the Lions, if they played the Rams 10 times, would win eight. I think the Rams would win eight. The Lions would win two. And I think you wonder also if there could be a little bit of an emotional letdown type of a thing, too, because first win in 32 years, home playoff game, maybe. I don't know. We'll discuss that game at length. We'll also get into the Bills defeating the Steelers last night. Plenty more to come. We're just getting started on the Lombardi line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge throughout the NFL postseason and Super Bowl, our VEASAN experts have you covered. You can come join us by being a VEASAN Pro subscriber. That'll get you access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up today, get your first 30 days for only $9.99, and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up now to blowouts yesterday as we wrapped up super wildcard weekend the Eagles just end what was a brutal final stretch of their season as the Bucks move on and advance they'll face the Lions in the divisional round and then the Bills end up beating the Steelers win and cover as a double digit favorite 31-17 the final have a day Josh Allen from that standpoint and Michael I 
Okay, I got to say, I feel very bad about what has transpired here because at the end of the show yesterday, when I was giving out my angles and my approach to betting this game, I did a same game teaser. And I said that I was mm-hmm. going to tease the total up and bet under. I went home. I thought about it. I end up sending it to Elliot. I've changed my tune. I'm going to tease the total under and bet the over. So my bet hits, but what I said on the program didn't. And I Ooh. feel terrible about it. Well, I mean, look, sometimes you have a change of mind. I mean, look, I think that was the hardest game of the weekend to handicap because of the weather. You know, where the number was 35, I thought for sure it would be a 9-3 to game with the wind. One thing I think we have to take with us, and this might be our betting tip for the day, is the cold weather is not a deterrent in the passing game. It's hard to catch the ball. It's hard to kick field goals, yada, yada. I get that. What changes and what what handicappers have to only pay attention to is the wind. And we thought it was going to be a 40-mile-an-hour wind up there. And it was. I mean, Pittsburgh, this is a closer game than the score. Let's be clear. If Rudolph doesn't throw that interception and and Pickens doesn't drop the ball that he shouldn't have dropped, you know, I mean, those are two scores. They gave one away and they gave them points. I mean, it's a little bit of a closer game. And this Buffalo team now, I'm just telling you, I know everybody's excited. I know they're playing home next weekend, but they're not healthy. They're not healthy at all. And this injury report is going to be problematic. And the Chiefs haven't played them once before, understand it. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle because if Pittsburgh can move the ball as well as they did with Rudolph throwing it, why can't Patrick Mahomes? Valid points, and obviously Kansas City made it look easy against Miami in their wild card matchup. That win for Buffalo at Kansas City after their bye week is what kind of catapulted this win streak for them as now they've won six in a row. But that'll be an interesting matchup, Michael, because we know Buffalo has had success against Kansas City in the regular season, but the playoffs... Uh, 0-2 in each of those games in the 13 seconds heard around the world is something that eats at Buffalo and will for a long time. Yeah, no question. But, you know, they've, but they've never had Kansas City in their venue, right? We've, but one right. thing we saw last week in the bad – I mean, it's not going to be as cold as it was last week in Kansas City, right? And they threw – this chief offense now, for all the, the problems they've had all year – they, they had 409 yards of total offense in the game. They only scored 26 points, but they had 409 yards of offense. You know, their defense has been stellar. They played well. The last two weeks, you know, the Bengal game and this game, when Mahomes has played, they've been better offensively. Now, there's going to be the whole problem with going on the road, communication, doing all the things they want to do. But for me, I think we've proven that if the weather is, doesn't have a wind over 20 miles an hour, both teams will throw the football mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah, both quarterbacks can cut through it. And Rasheed Rice had a standout performance in that, that game against Miami, and he's been good down the stretch. So I think now that he ha- that Mahomes has somebody other than Travis Kelsey, that kind of changes the dynamic of their offense a little bit, and it's it's been successful. The spread in that game coming up next week, Bills laying two and a half at home, total 46 and a half. So that'll be one we'll have to keep our eyes on. But you- I don't I, – go ahead. Uh, were you surprised it was it was under three? I thought that this is going to be a spread that would toggle back and forth between the two and a half and three. So I'll, I'm curious to see where it's yeah. going to land by the time we get to the there's end. A lot of, the of week. juice. There's juice on the th- uh, there's juice on the two and a yep. half. There's no question. Yep. Um, so it looks like it's going to go. To, I mean, it could go to three quickly. 
Sure. And I, I expect that to kind of be the back and forth that we're going to get on, on that key number. But before we move too far away from this Bill Steelers game, we talk about the coaching carousel and Nick Sirianni potentially being on the block with Philadelphia. Mike Tomlin, after the game, was asked, well, not even fully asked by Brooke Pryor about his future. Take a listen. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. Mike, you have a, a year left on your contract. I'm out. We out of here. Just completely I left mean, the like, podium. I know Brooke's got to do her job, but what did she expect? Like, you know, after a game, all the coach wants to do is talk about the game. He's going to have an end-of-the-year press conference, I'm sure. And at that moment, then you should ask those questions. I mean, Seriani got asked the same thing. But after a game, it's hard to really think about anything other than that game. You're processing. What did I do wrong? What could we have done better? You're trying to get all the thoughts in your head clear so you can make better decisions moving forward. So, I, I mean, I love Tomlin. I knew he – when you asked that question, did you think he was going to come out and say, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to consider it. We're going to – no, of course not. He's going to say, next question, like – I mean, when you do that, it almost because you're, you want to get your name in the question. He, nobody's going to answer that. Now you say, well, it's their job. They have to ask it. That's right. They do. But in the right setting, they have to ask it. That's not the setting. That setting was about the game. I agree. And it's, it's unfortunate, though, because, you know, in these situations, similar to Sirianni, similar to Belichick after his last game, it's a question that's going to get asked. We expect it. But Tomlin just said, I'm not dealing with it. OK, I'm done. I'm out. But now, Michael, that we are a day past, I'm not having to ask the question to Tomlin. I'm asking you, what do you think the future is of Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh with one year left on his deal? Well, I mean, they say you can't answer a question with a question, but who's a better coach than Mike Tomlin and who are they going to get? This is really about does Tomlin want to come back? I, I think the Steelers are fully engaged with him to come back. Now, he's going to make some decisions. Who's going to be his offensive coordinator? Who's going to, you know, what changes does he want to make to his staff? For example, today, just breaking, Pete Carmichael has, is not coming back to the Saints. Okay, so he's been there for, I think, 18 years as the offensive coordinator. Last year, he did it on his own. Dennis Allen made some changes. Did that come from Dennis Allen or did that come from Mickey Loomis? Did it come from the Benson family? I don't know, but there's a change that happens. What Mike Tomlin has to do is decide what changes does he want to make, if he does, and are those changes in line with the Rooney family and Omar Khan, the general manager? If that's good, I'll come back. If his family thinks maybe you should take a year off. But here's what I know. He has one year left on his contract. He could go out and do motivational speaking. He can go do Fox. He can do ESPN. He can do whatever he wants. He's going to make money. But if he wants to coach again, then he's going to have to make a deal to coach again like Sean Payton, whereas right now Vrabel's free, Belichick's free, Carroll's free, Harbaugh's free. Yeah, and, and like we've said a number of times, this feels like a generational, a transitional time in the National Football League with some of these head coaches that are available. But for Tomlin, to your point, like if he wanted to do TV, he could go do it tomorrow and have success and make a ton of money doing it. He's got a son in college. I don't know what he wants to do um, as it pertains to that to him. But another 10-win season, we talk about it. It's a joke that has been running for 17 years now that Tomlin does not have losing seasons. And quite frankly, in Pittsburgh, he's in a great situation because of the ownership group that they have there, right? It's not his fault that they've been in quarterback purgatory for the last however many years. Can you imagine the success maybe yeah. they would have if they could get back to having a, a stud QB1? Yeah, I mean, look, it's true. I mean, let's face it. They, you know, it's hard to go from Ben Roethlisberger 
to Mason Rudolph, to Kenny Pickett, to Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, let's face it. You know, it's it's not easy. Look, it's hard to find that guy. It's hard to win. Andy Reid goes to Kansas City. He trades for Alex Smith, then he gets Mahomes. Smart. He kind of went stepwise. I think I think Seattle did. I, I learned so much from watching Seattle when I was in the league. Look, you know they they go. Pete goes in there. They don't have a quarterback. They go Travarius Jackson. They go Charlie Whitehurst, Matt Flynn. Oh, we draft Russell Wilson. They had all these guys. They just kept trying to get it done. That's what you got to do. No question about it. Um, so the the Steelers finished their season ten and seven. End up making the playoffs despite. Uh, there were points where we thought that that was impossible, but they do so. The Bills are moving on. They've got the Kansas City Chiefs also in the AFC. Ravens and Texans going head-to-head. So we're going to have to take a break here in the next minute, Michael. But when we come back, I want to get into both of these divisional round matchups. You wrote in your article earlier today that the Texans might be one of the most dangerous teams here remaining. Yeah, well, I mean, look, when you have a quarterback playing the way he's playing, you're dangerous. And it's the same thing with, with the Green Bay Packers. Let's not confuse it. Quarter, your, your quarterbacks. Now, we know that rookie quarterbacks struggle. We haven't seen that yet. But these offenses are led. Quarterbacks win playoff games. Baker Mayfield. Last night, you know, we see that. I think it's a really important thing. Yeah, both of the top seeds in the AFC and the NFC have big spreads against these young, unproven postseason quarterbacks. But... Uh, dangerous is the perfect word, I think, to use about them. We've got to step aside here on the Lombardi line. Also still here to come this hour, VEASAN contributor Will Hill will join us, give us some of his favorite picks here moving forward in the NFL. This is the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. With a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSIN daily newsletter. In today's newsletter, in addition to all of the picks and conversation about the odds set for the divisional rounds, we also have a new website conversation breakdown for what you can expect now at vsin.com. Visit vsin.com slash newsletter, by the way, to subscribe. Welcome back to the Lombardi line alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist, Mr. Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonantoni with you. And as I referenced there, the divisional round is set. We have our final eight teams, four in the AFC, four in the NFC. Michael, let's start with the AFC here. Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Chiefs. Top seed Ravens, a nine-point favorite against the Texans. And as we lay out the odds to win the AFC, where things sit right now, it is the Ravens who are the shortest shot, plus one, 15 to come out of there, followed by Buffalo plus 235. Kansas City, who has made it to the AFC Championship five straight years plus 320, and the Texans the longest shot at 11 to 1. Do you think those are fair numbers? You know, I really do. I mean, look, I think the Chiefs at plus 320 have a chance to get there. I think this is going to be the, I think who wins this game, Buffalo and the Chiefs, you still have to get through if Baltimore wins, which will be a tough challenge. But for me, this is one of those games where you gain a lot of momentum. Now, if you win, you still have to go on the road if Baltimore wins. But if Baltimore beats Houston, you get them at home. But I I truly think that this game, Buffalo-Kansas City, is going to be a team that will be dangerous come come conference championship round. And the Bills, I'm just concerned based on what I saw last night watching them, if they're healthy. I mean, they're, you know, Bernard, they lost, you know, Rasul Douglas. We were told earlier in the day, Stormy, that he was going to play. Didn't. 
you know? Yeah. And, you know, the guys are beat up and, you know, Von Miller kind of doesn't do anything. They don't get much production. Look, I thought Pittsburgh moved the football on them and they gained 324 yards. Think about that. You know, Mason Rudolph, would they, this Pittsburgh Steeler team, which couldn't score any points and, and moved the football for most of the year, got 324 in a playoff game in a bad weather day. And had chances. Now, I'm not saying they were going to win the game. I think there was a game where Buffalo was in control and they had the lead. But Pittsburgh was a little feistier than the thought, even though the spread was 14 and the winners. Sure, sure. They And there were times where you thought that maybe they could make it a little bit more competitive. But Buffalo, when, when you established that early lead, you're right. They were in hang-on mode for a lot of that. But the thing I will say in defense of Buffalo and their injuries is that They've been going through that for a while now this season, right? Like it started with Matt Milano when they were overseas and Trey White, and it just kind of rippled from that effect. But they've still been able to overcome. And I know they've had a lot of close one-score games here down the stretch, but winning six straight, I feel like they've got some momentum and positivity on their side. And Josh Allen, the way that Joe Brady has coordinated that offense for him is operating at exactly the way you would need it, right? No question. I mean, he's in the running game. He's making throws. But look, you know, Bernard was one of their best. There's all there's, Ask the Miami Dolphins. There's an accumulation effect of injuries that creep into you, right? And it becomes a problem. And this is where I think we are with Buffalo. They've got so many injuries right now. Bernard, Dotson, the other Will linebacker, yeah. right? Uh, you know, it, Douglas isn't healthy. Rapp was missing the game. You know, we, we think – and look, if they play Elam, I know he had an interception last night, but if they play Elam, they're going to go after Elam. I mean, he's the guy you go after on the defense. So, it, it, look, I'm not saying they can't win because they do have a Superman. He has a cape. Now, they got to do something, Stormy, about that fake slide. Like, yeah. this is not fair to the defense. It's just not fair to the defense. You want us to not hit the guy, and then he fake slides on us. Like, to me, that's no different than a guy fair catching the ball – and then run it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and that's why in the college game we saw a couple years ago when Kenny Pickett did that, they took it out of the game the following year just to make sure that that's not something that people were doing. But it was an incredible play. 52-yard touchdowns. I oh mean, that God. was – it looked How awesome. the way he accelerated past everybody? I, I mean, it was unbelievable, right? Yeah. Uh, and it just goes to show once again that, like, he – when he's dialed in and when he's Josh Allen at his peak, he is remarkable and he does things that other players in the National Football League cannot uh, do. All right, so I, I want to ask you. I watch the games. You watch the games. What what would you? What odds entice you to bet today before the divisional round? Not the games, but Super Bowl odds. Is there anything you like that you say? Well, that looks like it could be a good number. Michael, you're getting ahead in the rundown, my guy. This is something I was supposed to ask you later, but okay, let's see. Um, oh, I thought we were just doing it right now. <laughs> no. I thought we were doing it now. I did. What, what did you just I'm put up there? You, you asked me time. about Kansas City at plus three twenty-five. Yeah, we were just looking at the AFC, but it's cool. I'll look at Super Bowl. Oh. I'm, okay, then I want to ask you on the AFC. Let's go back to that. Let's go to the AFC. So I I like the Bills. I do. And I don't know if it's just because of what I was just talking about with, with Josh Allen and the momentum, like especially to Michael. We know he's a turnover-prone quarterback. To see him have a day like that where there's no turnovers and then thinking about his stats in the postseason as a whole, he's been a really good big game player. His Touch 20 touchdowns, four interceptions for him in the postseason for his career. He seems to have more success and control in the playoffs. So I think the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs. I, I don't know if they're going to beat them by a field goal or not. I would try to get that two and a half while you can before it does tick back up to three because I think it will. 
But I like I like the Bills, and I think that if things go right for them, they could give the Ravens a run for their money. I wish I could have the stomach to bet the Texans 11 to 1 because I think that nine might be a little bit too many for them against Baltimore, though. Yeah, I mean, look, one of the things you worry about is the Texans when they go on the road. Are they going to be as good on defense? Right. Can they hand, look, we're underestimating how great Lamar Jackson is and how great he has been able to and how they've dominated their opponents at home on the road. I mean, they have it. They've they've not blinked. Now, the Rams went in there and they were good against them. But this Raven team hasn't blinked. And you talk about we knew the Eagles were limping to the playoffs. Right. We knew Miami's limping to the playoffs. Baltimore ain't limping. You know, yeah. Baltimore's getting stronger and stronger. And just because they were off a week doesn't mean they're not going to come back and play well. This is a different Baltimore team. This is a passing Baltimore team, not the Greg Roman offensive run game team. So, Michael, this round in general, both of those big favorites, the Ravens and 49ers, both of those like worry me to an extent that I don't know if these favorites are being overvalued a little bit too much. I know we've seen a lot of blowouts here in the postseason already. But I, from what I've seen from C.J. Stroud and that offense, even if defensively they don't stand up a, against Lamar Jackson and what they do offensively, like I feel like they're able to go blow for blow, drive for drive. Same thing with Green Bay and Jordan yeah. Love, what well, he's but, done. Right. And look, we know this. In the opening game, they did it. I mean, when we saw it in the opening game, you know, Houston in the first game without any, you know, without – excuse me, with CJ's first time he played, he was good. I was, like, impressed with that game. I was like, okay, you know, this is really good. Threw the ball 44 times, didn't have a turnover. He was very good in the game, and they're better now than they ever were. So now he's lost some receivers, all that stuff. But, you know, it's good for Baltimore. They have that tape. They can see what Slovic wanted to do against them, and they can counter it. And it's the same thing. You know, Lamar wasn't great in that first game. They're a completely different offense now than he was in that first game. So it's two different teams playing at the end of the year as opposed to in September. But Stroud, he doesn't turn the ball over. He protects it. But he's going to have to handle the pressure. And, look, Houston's got a lot of guys that are beat up. We know that. Their offensive line's got to hold up. Tunsil came back in the game, which was a huge, huge factor for the Texans. Has your tune on the Ravens defense changed? Because I know there was a time where you're like, I know we talk about them as the top defense in the NFL right now in a lot of categories, but are they really? It seems like down the stretch, they've they've really come to form. Do you agree that that they are one of the top units now? Do you feel more comfortable saying that? Oh, I, I definitely do. And I think they do a great job in game planning. I think they do a great job of understanding what their roles are. You, you know, I think that when the level of comp has risen, they respond. And if they have time to prepare, look, let's be clear here now. That San Francisco game that they played in yeah. Week 16 where they dominated San Francisco, they're getting that same offense at home against Houston. So, you know, Bobby Slovic's going to put that cape on and watch what Kyle did. And every game that he coaches, the first tape he puts on, is, do we have a con- does San Francisco play this team? Because he's looking at what Kyle did. And they got Kyle very well. They, they, the Ravens did a great job in that game of, of handling it. So it was out of control. And I think this is the challenge. And playing on the road, you got to get in the right play. You're going to have to move things around. That becomes a problem. First and 10 becomes first and 15. Can't change the play at the line. Look what happened to the Rams. 
Yeah. The Rams had to call two times out in the second half, and it essentially cost them any opportunity to win the game because they didn't want to give up the five yards and take the penalty, but then they didn't have the timeouts to stop the clock at the end of the game. That's why home field is important at this round. This divisional round, home field matters. And I'm glad you brought that up with Slowick too, because I think this will be a conversation that we'll have down the line a little bit later because we have to hit the break here, but coordinator matchups where there is an advantage. And it seems like that is certainly going to be one here for the Ravens, knowing what we saw them be able to do against San Francisco. We're going to have to hit the break here. When we come back, VEASAN's own Will Hill is going to join us, give out some of his best bets for the early divisional round and plenty more still to come on the Lombardi line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL postseason, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that code is VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We are wrapping things up on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi line. Get you set for all things divisional round of the NFL postseason. We talked a good bit about the AFC earlier. Let's get into the NFC. The Bucks are getting six at the Lions after knocking off the Eagles in tremendous fashion last night. And the 49ers down from the 10 to nine and a half now, nine and a half point favorite against the Green Bay Packers. And um, I mean, Jordan Love sure looks pretty darn good. So you can see why people People might want to take the double digits there. No question. And in and, and the morning when I kind of go over my notes and to get ready for our show, do you always look at the board The you know, where the money, where the money is, how many tickets and this San Francisco green Bay game has got a ton of tickets. Usually, you know, there's layers to how many people, when people are betting and we know 
on a Monday of Tuesday of a Saturday game that, that this is really sharper people or people that do this for a living that are grabbing numbers. Mm. And this Packer game is double the amount of tickets being written up on them than any other game on my board that I'm looking at. And I'm sure it's the same way at DraftKings and other places because this and the number has been pretty steady, nine and a half, ten right in there. And I, I feel like you can make the case for both sides. You know, Green Bay, Love turns the ball over, playing on the road, a consecutive game. San Francisco's defensive front takes over the game. You know, McCaffrey's healthy today. He's His heel's completely healed, according to Kyle Shanahan. So you can make a case for both. But to me, this is an interesting game because I would have thought the under would have ticked up, and yet it's ticked down. Yeah, what's interesting to me about the spread that you mentioned there, Michael, is that the volume of tickets, but it really coming for both sides. So you have a lot of people that are pretty adamant that the Packers are either going to stay in this game or the 49ers are going to win in dominant fashion. And I, I think that's pretty rare to have so many people on opposite sides of something, especially at this point in the week. And usually, like last week, there were a lot of games where nobody was betting Miami, right? And that line kept moving. We saw that, right? Because Miami was beat up and nobody was betting the Lions, really, for the most part. That line went from three and a half down to three. This week, early on, we're seeing no action towards Baltimore. Yet the line's kind of staying stagnant. That you know, Again, I think what Will Hill said about the teasers, nobody wants to give you that freedom of the teaser below the three, so they're trying to keep it so where you can't you know, tease it down. And then no one's betting the Bucks. You would have thought that momentum of beating Philly would have propelled it. And then the other game, to me, it seems like there's money on the Chiefs and that you're paying a price for the two and a half. They don't want to give you the three. Yep. They'd rather you pay the tax than get the three. And that tells me a lot about what they think of Kansas City and why I think Kansas City's in a pretty good position right now. That's a game in my mind that is a field goal game one way or the other. And I know you lean Chiefs. I kind of lean Buffalo where we sit early in the week, but I haven't placed any bets just yet. I think this is one of those things where, as you referenced earlier, still a lot of research to dig into before we actually need to make decisions and make picks on these games. Um, you, what you said about the Buccaneers, yes, huge win over the Eagles yesterday. They're getting six in this spot at Detroit. Is there any world where there's potential for an emotional letdown for Detroit? It's been such a long time since they hosted or won a playoff game, and I know that it's still it's still the postseason. It's going to be easy to get up for for everybody, and that building's going to be rocking. But last week, with it being against Stafford and the Rams and the emotions of getting that win, is there any chance they could have a letdown? No, I don't think so. But from a scheme standpoint, look, they're going to have to deal with the fact that they only gained 86 yards in the second half. And mm -hmm. they're going to go up to go to Detroit. Detroit's going to host a team that they beat by two touchdowns, right? They beat them by two touchdowns. Now, let's be clear here. Detroit did not run the ball in that game. They had 22 carries for 40 yards. But Goff was very effective throwing the football. He threw the ball 44 times for 353 yards. I don't know if he's going to do that again. I don't know if that's going to be the game plan because I think they're better defensively now. Tampa was when they were there. Tampa only had 13 first downs of the game. They only had the ball for 23 minutes. So it's a completely different game now. But I think that is the job of Dan Campbell is to say, fellas, that game is light years behind us. We have to look forward and stop looking at we're a six-point favorite and start stop thinking about 
what happens next week, what happens the week after. This is really about focus and understanding the opportunities, not getting ahead of the opportunities. And Campbell's got to rely on his experience because we know this. Todd Bowles is going to come in with every blitz known to man. He's going to watch what Raheem Morris did to him. Raheem Morris took away the run game in the second half, you know, and he put pressure on Goff, and Goff wasn't the same guy. And we can see the Bucks doing that. The Bucks defense was fast last night. They were athletic, and they were engaged. Yeah. And, Michael, what I will say about Dan Campbell as a coach – We've talked so much today throughout the course of the show about the coaching carousel and a couple of these guys that are still on the hot seat, potential openings coming up. Dan Campbell is such a tremendous example of what can happen when you give someone time and don't cut the cord prematurely. Because think about how rough it was for them that first season. Then they go on to have a little bit of success. This year, they're out here making history after everyone was making fun of him for his comments about the toughness this team is going to have and biting kneecaps. Look at what he's been able to do. So... I, I wonder if just in the NFL as a whole, we are so prisoner of the moment. Like this Nick Sirianni thing is the one that's just coming to mind so much for me right now. They just played for a Super Bowl a year ago, and everybody wants him yeah. out because of the way that this season ended. Yeah, I mean, well, we are. I mean, that's because we have, you know, back in the day, 20 years ago, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have this instantaneous uh, ability to call somebody an idiot. You know, we don't have we didn't have Twitter tough guys. You know, and so we didn't have that. Oh, my gosh, we're going to talk about got to get rid of this guy. And there's this. Remember, if you read any books, much of the social media spectrum is about is 10 percent of the side, whatever it is, you know, whether it's the conservative side or the liberal side. It really speaks to a very small audience. Everybody else is in the middle. But yet, if you're making decisions based on one of those areas on social media, then then you're going to be. In, in a lot of trouble. And I think that's something that the owner, you know, good owners are not listening to that. I think we see sometimes people make decisions based on public perception, and we know that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, uh, Jeff Laurie and Jerry Jones, certainly a couple of guys will be awaiting to hear from this week. Let's finish out, though, talking NFC. As far as the NFC picture right now and the odds where they stand, San Francisco is an odds-on minus 185 favorite to be the team that comes out of the NFC and makes the Super Bowl. The Lions, who we're just talking about, their second shot at plus 330, followed by the Bucks and Packers, both at plus 950 apiece. Are you laying it with San Francisco in this spot? Are you that confident? Or is there another team you think could come out? I just saw that Kyle Shanahan started preparing. This is not going to make Jerry Jones happy at all. He he started preparing for the Packers in the second quarter of the game. Stop. Oh, boy. <laughs> and yeah, it's what he said at his press conference today. I started preparing for the Packers in the second quarter. I mean. Which I don't blame them. I mean, look, if I were if I were the Lions last night, I'm sure they spent Monday working on the butt, working on the Eagles. But once that got to the once that safety happened, I'm sure Campbell said pivot. Let's see. It's now we're going to work on the lot. We're going to work on the Bucks. Yep. Um, but but to that point, do you think that San Francisco will be prepared enough? Get it done against Green oh, Bay? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. huge favorite for a reason, but still. Yeah, I, I, but you know this, the, we know this, Kyle Shanahan, 0-39 going into fourth quarter, down by seven points, third, three points. Like, we know that LaFleur is going to want to come out and that opening drive, that first quarter, getting into the fourth, get the game to the fourth quarter. What did we say when Baltimore went out there? Baltimore was said, we got to get the game to the fourth quarter. If we get the game to the fourth quarter, we're going to win it. Now, the problem is 
are they good enough on defense, Green Bay, to get the game to yeah. the fourth quarter, to, to have the lead into the fourth quarter? I think that's the issue, right? Yep. Uh, we're not sure about that. We're, we're not sure that that could happen. And this 49er team will come charge him. Yeah, uh, Green Bay certainly set the tone against Dallas. Can they do that against the stout 49ers defense? Is there a team, last 30 seconds before we head out, that you think has the best path to win a Super Bowl? Oh, I think it's, you know, well, look, with the NFC, with when you eliminate Dallas and Philadelphia, two teams that we thought were going to be formidable, I think San Francisco's got the easiest path because I know they can beat Detroit. I know they can beat Green Bay. And they are the favorite still where things sit right now in the latest Super Bowl odds, plus 175, the price on DraftKings, followed by three teams from the AFC, the Ravens at plus 290, Buffalo 5-1, to and Kansas City 7-1 to as they look to repeat. They got the Bills this week as a two-and-a-half-point dog. Michael, great stuff today, as always, my friend. Thank you, Stormy. We will see you tomorrow. What a day it was. Sorry, Philly. I know it's rough. You'll get them next year. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.